It's the morning show that no one knows and no one is talking about. I said no one is talking about, but if they did, they'd probably say it's the best way to start today with Rach and Dave. Usually there's two humans, two of us, that are here recording the Start Today Morning Show, and alas, ah, there are not two humans. There's me and an empty chair, and that's all you're going to get today, Ray Ray Hollis. She had a choice. She had a choice between hanging out with me, your tall friend Dave, or getting ready to go hang out with Marie Forleo today. Hello. So she is uh, getting herself ready to hang out with Marie. Marie is unbelievable. She is amazing in just about every way. She runs just a spectacular business, has this thing called B-School. It's amazing. But she also has a brand new book that is out called Everything is Figure Outable. And Ray is, I think, hosting or moderating or interviewing. She's doing something where they're going to have a conversation about this book and then they're going to hang out as pals. And so that's exciting. Um, I'm excited because Marie is going to be one of our teachers at our Rise Business Conference, and she's just so stinking smart that I get excited about that. But uh, that's where Rachel Hollis is this morning. I just got done running, so uh, if you're wondering, hey Dave, why do you look like uh, you're sweating profusely? It's because I am sweating profusely. It is really warm outside still in Austin, Texas. Welcome to fall. Mm. But uh, ain't going to stop me. I know that you are familiar with the reality that uh, we are just seven days away from last 90 days. Uh, Just because it doesn't start until next Tuesday doesn't mean you can't start moving your body every single day for 30 minutes. I just did a quick three-mile, 30-minute run around the block so that I could get my 30 minutes in and feel awesome about uh, my energy level and how I'm going to start my day. So I'm excited about that. A crazy thing happened while I was on my run, and I don't know if you ever have these things, but I was running this morning, and there was an experience about a month ago that I um, did not realize was happening so that I could see it and be prepared to use it if I were in a position where I was running on the roads and had something happen. About a month ago, Rachel and I are running, and a dog runs out into the roads towards another runner. And this other runner, he was like experienced with ferocious canines on the roads. He raised both his hands. He made this like, I am the most alpha, alpha person sound. And he like immediately had that dog go back into its yard. And Rachel and I were like, is that, is that Caesar? Is that the dog whisperer running on the roads of Austin? Is that him? No, it's not him. It has not, it didn't look like him, but this man, like he had control of the canine. He got that dog back in its yard. And I was like, wow, that's cool. There's probably nothing I am meant to take away from this experience. Until this morning, I am running on the roads by myself heading down a hill where I know every single time I run past, there are these two very large, they feel like they are old in their defense. Like, you know, when dogs get old, they just turn really angry sometimes. These were two old dogs. They happen to be, uh, they're like, they're like, uh, 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 what what do we call it? Uh, Golden retrievers, right? So they're, they're big dogs. 
And the car of the house that these dogs live inside of is leaving their yard. And if they're on like a, we live out in the middle of freaking nowhere. So everyone's got kind of like a fence that contains their yard. And the gate that has opened to let their car go out is now leaving the yard. The gate is still open. I'm running towards the open gate and two large angry, I see you saying that Goldens are harmless. I am telling you, these dogs were running towards me like I had the antidote inside me and it was their job to tear it out of my body so that they could survive the zombie apocalypse. They were running eyes wide, bloodshot, crazy, drooling, frothy. They were beasts. They got up on their back two legs. They're now like running towards me. And they're just like, I am going to kill this dude running on the roads. And I was like, that one guy, like a month ago. And I went into full like, get get back to your house. And I like, I acted like I actually birthed these dogs. These dogs are running at me like they were about to attack me. And I was like, nope, I am currently your master. You will listen to me. Let's get back into the yard. And immediately, like immediately, they were like, okay, sounds awesome. Thanks, dude. Thanks for running on these roads. Are those pink shoes? They are? Well, look, let, lead us back into your fenced area. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. So I got them back into their yard and I even was like, sit Sit down. And they both sat down inside of their yard. I then went back onto the roads. Goodbye. Anyway, it's a public service announcement. There's going to be one of, if just one of you is running on the roads and you end up coming across two ferocious beasts who look like they've been possessed like werewolves. They're walking on their back legs. They're doing the thriller dance and they come towards you with frothy mouths. Just Act like you gave birth to those dogs. You tell them who's boss and you ask them nicely, go inside of your area, please. So, uh, that happened. (laughs) I did wear my mesh tank top on accident this morning. Uh, I forgot to return it. And then I went to just grab a tank top while it was still dark in my closet. And I grabbed it and I put it on. And it felt tight, but I didn't really think much of it because honestly, it's dark. I got to run. Let's go. And I get outside and I'm like, I'm wearing a mesh tank top on the streets. Maybe that was why the dogs were trying to attack me. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so on Thursday, I am doing on the Rise Together podcast an Ask Dave Anything episode where last week I threw out to all of you, hey, uh, if you are interested in having me answer a question that is hopefully specific to relationships or how I as a male human in a relationship with a woman approach our relationship, tell me, I'm gonna answer any question. And I got a ton of really, really great questions, so thank you for that, but I also overwhelmingly got one question more than any other question, and that's what I'm gonna talk about today. And that was, what do you do if your partner is not into your personal growth journey. So here we are, we're a you know, a, a week, 7 days until October 1st when last 90 days starts. And we have man just an overwhelming number of people who are signed up and are going to be like literally stepping into and living their best life. I'm super super excited about it and and yet and still 
There are plenty of people, I'm sure that many of you here are listening, who are recognizing that you feel on fire for finishing the year strong and you may be in relationship with a partner who does not yet have your same feeling of fire. And so I can tell you as a person who was not as on fire for my wife's pursuit of growth, my wife's pursuit of excellence, my wife's pursuit of getting up in the morning and drinking the water and doing the exercise and all of those things, um, I thought I'd just spend a few minutes explaining what I perceive to be four big reasons why your partner may not yet be ready or reaching for growth. And the last thing I'm going to finish with is why they struggle so much with your reaching for growth when they aren't. I mean, the, the last one was like the hardest one for me. It makes me want to cry a little bit when I talk about it, but it's super, super important. So the first reason why your partner is not reaching for growth, why your partner didn't jump at the chance to sign up for last 90 days, doesn't have this like burning desire to become a better version of themselves, they don't have a strong enough why. They don't have a strong enough why. They currently have not developed a reason that is more motivating than staying in the station that they are currently stuck in. In my book, I talk about this idea of leverage, okay? So there's two kinds of leverage that help you create a why that matters enough to create action, okay? Either you have visualized a future version of your life that is so good that you know you will do the work that it takes to get you from where you are to that future vision of yourself because you're so hungry for the opportunity to get to that place, right? Man, I'm gonna live a life that is free from anxiety or free from worry or has the energy or is in better shape so I can show up better for my, or whatever it might be, right? You've painted the picture of something that's so much stronger that whatever work it takes to get you from where you are to where you want to go, you're like, I will commit to that, right? That's not the leverage that works for me. That wasn't the leverage that worked for me when I was stuck. It, it is the leverage that works more now that I feel unstuck. But when I was stuck, when I was most stuck, the leverage that I really had to tap into was what might happen if I don't make the action to become a better version of myself. So if I were to maintain the status quo, which to be honest, when you're stuck is a lie. There is no status quo. You're sinking or you're growing. You're, you're, you're growing or you're dying. You aren't, there is no status quo. So if your partner believes that they're just treading water, they are drowning. And in fact, you can, you know, you could maybe go through a small season where you're treading water, but Anyone who treads water knows that you can only tread water for a certain amount of time before you drown. So either you're growing or you're dying, right? And I had to, in the midst of my being stuck, visualize the possible future that would unfold if I didn't take ridiculous action, dramatic action, massive action to change the trajectory of my life. And that's a hard thing because you have to come to like real honest truth and mirror moments of what path you are walking down if you don't change the way that you're walking. 
And that, like, the, the self-awareness that's required, the humility that's required, the ability to, like, really sit in that and not let shame for how you got to this place become a thing that you anchor yourself to, push that aside. Shame has no place here if you're stuck and you can see that if you don't get unstuck, it's going to come at the detriment of who you hope to be, how you hope to show up for your partner, the kind of dad or mom you hope to be for your kids, the kind of business leader you hope to be for your teams, you'll be stuck. And for me, I had to visualize the darkest stuff. If I didn't get control of my health, I was going to become overweight. If I didn't get control of my drinking, I wasn't going to show up for my kids. If I didn't get control of my mindset, I wasn't going to be able to be there for my teams the way that they needed. And I could visualize the worst, worst case scenario. If I didn't make dramatic, dramatic change, was there a chance that Rachel and I would not be married if we were to continue on that path? And the answer was yes. And that was terrifying. And that created a why that mattered more than anything. And I took massive action to make sure I didn't end up on a path where we were irreconcilable. So the first one is you don't have a strong enough why. How do you find a why? You have to tap into leverage. It could be about positive leverage. It could be about negative leverage. But either way, you have to have a strong why. The second reason why your partner is struggling with how to or struggling with why they aren't either reaching for growth or ready for growth is that they are not embracing the right mindset. Ladies and gentlemen, goodbye to Noah Hollis. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you've got your pineapple backpack on. You look fantastic. Have a good day. Have a good day. They are not embracing the mindset that sets them up for this kind of success. Uh, We've talked about it on the show. I've written about it certainly in this book. I am am wired completely differently than Rachel when it comes to mindset. She has been... A person who has had a growth mindset from the word go. She has always seen growth as a thing that she was reaching for. And I have always had more of a fixed mindset thinking that, man, I have had, love you, brother. Have a great day. I have had these set of skills uh, handed to me, afforded to me, and in the posture of having these skills, I'm going to show up like this, but I can't do more than these things that I have. And understanding why you have the mindset that you do, for me, was the first step. I am the product of my family of origin. I'm the product of a society that gave me certain rules about how I as a man should be. I have, I am the product of the media influences that I had. I'm the product of a whole host of things. I had to go, frankly, and sit with a therapist and unpack why I was stuck believing in this fixed mindset so that I could rewire and undo some of the things that were keeping me from reaching for growth. And so, you have to ask some bigger questions about how your mind works through and, and, and thinks about the idea of growth. And for growth, by the way, I had to find that there was this tie between growing and being fulfilled. When I was most stuck and I wasn't in a position where I wanted to reach for a last 90 days challenge when I was looking at you know, all of this stuff, I, I basically was having trouble seeing that connection. I was so stuck and yet couldn't get out of my own way by actually doing the work to push myself into a place where growing was going to unlock fulfillment. 
And so if you don't have the right mindset, it's not going it's, to, it's almost like it doesn't even occur to you that you might want to actually reach for something in the growth space that could help you become more fulfilled. And so like part of this for me was, man, I was so skeptical, right? Like I was so skeptical of the tools that now are such an important, meaningful part of my life, in part because I had not yet seen the proof of their effectiveness, right? Some of your partners have decided that you are choosing to do something that is a waste of your time, though they have not ever tried to do the work themselves, So they're skeptical of the power of the fruit of the tools, though they've never used it. I mean, there's so many times when we're having our live events, we're sitting inside of this awesome place where all these people have come together who have a similar pursuit in mind. They want to become a better version of themselves. And we ask this question, who in this room is being judged by someone who is questioning why they've decided to come to this conference to become a better person? And then everyone, most people raise their hand. And then you follow up the question, how many people have actually had the person who is judging you in a room like this, that they actually know the thing that you were experiencing? No hands go up. The people that are judging your pursuit, your partner or anyone else, oftentimes have never, ever even experienced the thing that you are getting so much fuel from. And so part of like the, well, how do you, how do you work through that? You got to find a way because I needed to find a way to take small bites of things that might help me change the way I thought about this opportunity to grow as being something that was for me, as being something that did produce fruit, that could overcome my skepticism so that in having one good experience, I might, wait a second, where else are there good experiences? Leaving some breadcrumbs so that I could follow them. I had a lot of skepticism around the idea of like pursuing these things and I had never even ever experienced them. So finding the right mindset. I've talked about Carol Dweck and my love of her book Mindset forever and ever. I think it's a great place to start just in understanding how someone being wired as a growth mindset person is different from someone who's wired as a fixed mindset person because if you can figure out how to cross that bridge, it will unlock and change a lot of things. Number three, So they don't have a strong enough why, they don't have a strong enough or the right kind of mindset or a mindset that unlocks the possibility for them to reach for growth. Number three, they think that growth or self-help is for broken people. I'm stealing from the first chapter of my book, but the headline ends up being that skepticism also bleeds a little bit into some of the things that certain people tend to associate growth with when it comes to what it might imply about them for needing to grow in the first place, okay? So this is one of the things that was the hardest for me. Mindset is a book by Carol Dweck, Carol Dweck. Um, I really struggled getting my head around the idea that a challenge like the last 90 days didn't in some way imply that my needing the challenge meant that I was not enough or worthy or in some way broken to begin with, which is ridiculous. When I was challenged to step into therapy, 
a thing I love now and recommend for anyone and everyone who will ever consider it, consider it, I thought people who needed therapy were broken. That needing to go and sit with a therapist implied that there was something in you that was broken. And so I rejected it for wanting to be indicted as not being enough. That's crazy. That is bananas. And, 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 and like getting to the place where I could undo that lie or, or take that truth and turn it on its head was so liberating. And it allowed me to raise my hand once I realized how much good could come from any of these individual things, raise my hand and get more help in other places, right? I wrote a book. The book has the word skepticism in the title because even a book like the one that I wrote is a thing that three years ago I would have said I am not reading. If someone needs to read a book about personal development, they must not be as evolved a person, as good or strong a person. It is ridiculous. And so again, it's like, how do you find ways to showcase that as much as therapy or any tools that exist inside of personal development may in fact be for people who are struggling through processing trauma or coming out of hard times or trying to kind of rehabilitate their life. It's as much or more for people who just want to have an exceptional life. It's as much or more for people who said, I am interested in the pursuit of growth every single day because I understand this tie between growing and fulfillment and I just want to be fulfilled. I understand that putting myself in positions to fail is the only way that I'll learn because you can't build up a muscle unless you break it down. Like once you get these things in, it it changes everything. But you have to first take the lies, the stigmas, the whatever that you believe and throw them in the garbage. Um, It's hard. It's hard to do in just one fell swoop. For me, it took dipping my toe into one thing. I went to therapy when I needed therapy to get unstuck. And it again was such a gift that it made me ask, is there maybe a conference? Could I maybe get something out of books? What about some podcasts? And it began to snowball. I would start with just, you know, a little bit of toe dip to find a way to prove that actually it can be a thing that works for you. They don't have a strong enough why. They don't have the right mindset. They think that self-help or growth is for broken people. And then four, they're letting society tell them how to be, and it's working against them. So in this instance, I'm going to speak as a human who is a man, right? I know that society's definition of what being a good man meant, what masculinity meant, had an influence on how I felt comfortable acknowledging where I wasn't yet awesome, I know that there were things wrapped around the way that I, as the like male in a male-female relationship, thought I needed to present that kept me in that presentation from actually owning some of the stuff that I really needed help with. And I got in my way because of pride. I got in my way because of ego. I got in my way because of societal worries about what other people would think. And now that I'm on the other side of it, I like... I am, I am the freest man alive. I'll talk about anything. 
And my ability to talk about anything means that I get to grow on an every single day basis and I get to become a better version of myself because I got to let go of what good men do. I'm doing what great Dave does. And I am great every single day because of having let go of what society told me I needed to do as a man. I grew up inside the church. And I'm going to tell you, that I, that I, it, no matter what you believe, you are welcome here. No matter what you like. But as a person who grew up in the church, I had people in the church telling me that reaching for growth in some way suggested that I wasn't depending exclusively on God. Which I can appreciate the sentiment, but in my experience, my personal experience, I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed when I was stuck for God to provide me a miracle. And the revelation in the bottom of that pit was God screaming down to me, Hey, Dave, you're the miracle. I've given you all the tools. I've done my work. It's time for you to do yours. And so I had to stand up and start doing the work with the tools that I was given. And so, you know, whether it's society and its definition of masculinity or the church and its definition of what self-help means and how it compromises depending on God, whatever those societal or, or religious constructs are that might get in your way, you have to decide, your partner has to decide, are those constructs going to define what kind of life, how full a life, how fulfilled a life they are able to actually have? Or are they going to take control of standing up and doing the dang work that is required with the tools they have been afforded? Period. So your partner may not be reaching for growth. If they don't have a strong enough why, if they don't have the right mindset, if they are not approaching growth or self-help as being something for whole and happy people as much as for people who need to come out of brokenness. And if they're giving too much weight to the constructs of things in society, things in religion, things in politics, things in family of origin, things outside of themselves, and just step up and do the work. All right. Those are the four things that I think are probably getting in their way. Now, here is why I believe that your partner, if even though you might understand this, even though they might understand this, next Tuesday comes, you're like, I'm getting up an hour early. I'm getting up and drinking the water. I'm getting up and doing the exercise. I'm doing all these things. I'm going to become a better version of myself. Why will your partner struggle with you growing? Why did I struggle. Oh my goodness, did I struggle when Rachel Hollis decided to start growing in the midst of me dying. It is simple and it stinks. I struggled and your partner struggles because of insecurity, because of fear, because of the worry that your growth will have you outgrowing them. And the reason why they struggle so much is because it's a real fear. Because they will be left behind if they don't step up and stand into a life that taps into their full potential. If they don't choose to grow. If they don't reach for a life that has meaning. If they don't have a vision for what it might mean sitting at a table at their 60th birthday Having people raise a glass 
with things that they are proud of for this person's life having been lived well. Like, you can choose, and here's the crazy thing, because some of you are going to be faced with this choice, and it stinks. You're going to have someone who is so stuck and so afraid of you outgrowing them that when they put up the resistance, when they put up the, the, like start casting the skepticism and maybe call you the names or passive aggressively roll the eyes or grunt and groan when you wake up in the morning or dismiss how hard you've worked, there's going to be a part of you as you continue to grow that wonders, okay, this gap, this gap here, am I, am I meant to close this gap? And the answer actually is, yeah, the, the gap should close. But why would it close because of you deciding to regress back to their mediocrity to try and keep them happy at the expense of you feeling the fulfillment and the growth that you've come to just expect in your life? Bananas. Don't, I mean, I can't tell you how to live your life. I can't tell you how to live in your relationship. But the thing I keep getting people, the the thing that people keep on like asking is like, well, Dave, if I want to change my partner, how do I change him? And the answer is, you don't. You change yourself. Because for me, when I was at the bottom of that valley, the thing that acted as the rope that Rachel threw into my muck, my funk, was the model of her showing up for her life, was the model of her being unrelenting and unwilling to compromise her pursuit of an exceptional life, despite my attempts to sabotage her growth, despite the fact that I was uncomfortable with the possibility that she would outgrow me and leave me behind. If she had decided to come on down into the bunker and sit with me in discontent and not pursue growth and not do, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be changing lives. We wouldn't be creating content. We wouldn't be doing any of it because we'd be stuck together in the muck. I am out of this thing that I was in two and a half years ago because she was like, I am pursuing a better life Get on board, son. And I'm grateful every day, even though at the time it sucked. Oh, I was so frustrated by her getting up at five o'clock in the morning because at the time it felt like the, it felt like two in the morning. But I'm a better man. I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. I'm a better boss. I'm a better person when I look myself in the mirror because in part of her unwillingness to come back down to my level when I was resisting her growth. Here's the good news too. Now that I'm in this, in this posture, in this position, before I was stuck and after I was stuck, there are times when I, like, I have needed to be the person who's throwing a rope into a, a valley for her, right? We are going to trade off who is the lead of our relationship on an every season basis. It doesn't last multiple seasons where it's just her pulling us up the hill. So if you struggle with like pride for some crazy reason of doing it to try and be like help them, do it so that when they're out of their stuck and you fall into a funk because life just come around the corner and kick you in the shins, they'll be there for you to return the favor. Dang it. Y'all, it's the Start Today morning show. We didn't even play the song, though. 
Dave, play the song. I got one job here. I got one job here. It's the morning show that no one knows that no one is talking about. I said no one is talking about. But if they did, they'd probably say it's the best way to start the day with Rach and Dave. Rach isn't even here. She's not even here. I had to carry the team on my back today. I mean, she carried the team on her back for like years, but I had to carry the team on back today. Um, Y'all, sound off. One, two, sound off. Three, four, who has done their start today morning? Who's done their start today journal work this morning? I mean, it is time to uh, start your day off right. Every single day we do this practice. I did mine this morning. Uh, before I even got out of bed, I was writing in my journal. Uh, if you don't know what this is, every day we start with gratitude and intentional goal setting. Gratitude and intentional goal setting every single day as a habit will literally change your life. I promise you, if you do it every single day, it is a guarantee it will change your life. One of the things with gratitude that I've, I, I've explained to people quite a bit and, you know, like until you really go through the practice, I don't know, it may be lost on folks. When you set out on your day, knowing that you have to write down, we only have five prompts for gratitude in the book and in last 90 days, we pop it up to 10. When you know you have to find 10 things to be grateful for in your day, you go around in your day scanning the horizon for things to be grateful for. And I'm sure you've heard us say this before. If you are scanning for things, you will find them. You will find them. I see Vanessa asking, uh, hey, Vanessa, I know. I, I did have this little bump here checked out by a doctor. I appreciate it. Like, this community is so good. It's cartilage. Um, but thank you for asking. I appreciate that. Um, if, you sp- if you spend your whole day searching for things to be grateful for. I see someone saying they're having trouble with gratitude. Here's the thing. Just look for tiny little things. Tiny little things. This morning, I took a sip of my coffee while I was writing in my Start Today journal. And the like. second thing I wrote down was the taste of this instant coffee, right? But I also because I like to write down things from the previous day, was like scanning, thinking, okay, what, what is the, like, what was the thing? The thing I was grateful for last night was about an interaction that my son had with my mom on FaceTime showing him, showing her a clay octopus that he made and named Nathan. Number one, I mean, there's so many, a clay octopus, it only had one eye. It's like a, anyway, look for tiny, tiny things. And it will fundamentally change the way that you approach your day because you find the things you're looking for. If you go into this day and you're like, it is going to be a rough Tuesday, you will find evidence of a rough Tuesday all throughout your day. But if you focus on what how, how positive a day you're going to have, how much gratitude you're going to have for the day, how much you need to be on the hunt for gratitude, it's the thing you're going to find. Uh, if you are interested in having this Last 90 Days journal, hello, Last 90 Days journal. Uh, it is available on the Hollis Co. site. Uh, we do not have very many left. We only bought them really to get us through the end of this Last 90 Days period. Uh, we 
unbelievably, we started with 30,000 journals. There are about 500 journals left. Uh, if you order it today, you'll probably get it by a week from today. I'll be honest. Uh, but we were saying to folks that they needed to, like, to really order by yesterday. I see you, Canada. Dang it, Canada. Listen, if you are an international, I just could not, with a good conscience, make this available to people outside of the U.S. when shipping to you was sometimes twice as much as the journal itself. So I am in a meeting today with people who believe that they have a Canadian and UK and Australian solution. Y'all, it is close. I'm working on it. You can get it today in Puerto Rico because I think Puerto Rico is counted as a part of the United States. Um, the difference in the journal, if you're curious, there is a five to thrive prompt at the top of each page. And there are exactly 92 prompt pages, which is the number of days from October 1st to December 31st. Um, there is a new, uh, by the way, you don't have to buy the journal. We say it every day, but I'll make sure you know this. I'd love for you to buy this journal because it's pretty. I also put one up haha, that had uh, a husband and wife team and the husband had uh, drawn like with permanent marker made this black here and then like put a little number down here and he designed a little logo on the back and it was awesome. It looked a little more masculine, but here's the thing. If you don't want to buy a journal, don't buy a journal. Just do the practice. Episode 72 of the Rise podcast gives you the entire, Rachel reads the entire introduction, walks you through every single step of the detail, and then you can put it into a binder of your own. I see people asking for a digital version. I know you appreciate this, but we are running a business. We're trying to give you these tools for free, but we can't give you all of them for free, or I can't pay the 52 human beings that, uh, that live and work at the Hollis Company. So we do have to still run a little bit of a business. All right, last five minutes. We went over a little bit. I got all fired up, fired up about why your partner isn't showing up for growth. Uh, how many days are in a regular journal? There are a few more uh, days in a regular journal than there uh, is in the last 90 days journal, but not too many more. Isn't there a tracker for last 90 days by memories um, from memories by Myers? There is. If you click on her, uh, if you click on her handle and go into, I think in her bio, there is a, uh, a link that you can look at. Well, there will be a live podcast after this. Will this be, uh, will this live be a podcast after it ends? Yes. Every single episode of the Start Today Morning Show is a podcast over on iTunes and basically everywhere that uh, podcasts are available. So go ahead and check that out. You can listen to this a million times, literally. Did I get to run with Jesse yesterday? No. It, like, unfortunately, it stinks. I was meant to run with him and then our schedules got crazy. He's coming back next week. We're going to make it up next week. So I'm ex excited for that. Uh, what else? What else? There is, oh yeah, the podcast for this show is called the Start Today Morning Show. It is available on iTunes and everywhere podcasts are available. Uh, okay, with that, listen, y'all, I hope that everybody has a fantastic Tuesday. Stay focused on gratitude. It is the most important thing in the entire universe. It'll change the way that you approach all things in life. We will see you tomorrow. By we, I mean Ray Ray Hollis is gonna be back on the Start Today Morning Show. So have yourself a fantastic day. 
Hey guys, thank you for listening to the Start Today Morning Show podcast. If you want to actually see the episodes, make sure you tune in in the morning every weekday, 8 a.m. Central on Facebook and Instagram on basically every channel we have. Our theme song is from Sarah Sunshine. Follow her at the Sarah Sunshine. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and Kevin Westlake. With production help from Nicole Fisher. And I'd like to give special thanks to Hawk, the fish that will never die. <laughs>